0: Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Enjoy getting to come to church. Uh, It's a nice place down there in Savannah, and they have a good church down there, uh, pastored by Brother Ryan Ralston, but I got to tell you, you can't beat home. (laughs) So, uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter number 15. When you get it, would you stand, please, for the reading of the Word? Amen. Isaiah 15, we'll start in verse 10, and we'll uh, go to verse 11. And the Bible says, Who is among you that feareth the Lord? that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that can pass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that ye have kindled. This shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. With the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach on dealing with your darkness. If we all lift your hands this way and pray over the service, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to minister your word, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for your presence that is here, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd help everyone here, Lord, and also those who are not here, Lord, those who are online. God, I pray you touch them as well, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Feed us, Lord, with the food of your word, with the bread, God, of your word. I pray that, Lord, we'd leave this place more like you. In your name, Lord, thank you. Amen. You may be seated. As I was preparing this sermon and praying over it, uh, a thought came to my mind, and I can be somewhat nostalgic at times, and for some reason, I was just recounting past Christmases, and I don't know how it is at your house, how it was while you grew up, but uh, typically, at least for me, every Christmas, there's usually one or two things you remember. I mean, everything is nice. Everything is good and pleasant and well, but there's usually one or two things that you get for Christmas that you remember. And I think it was when I was, I don't know, four or five years old. Uh, I remember I got this, uh, this Hot Wheels uh, toy set. It was this track, and there was this big dinosaur in that, uh, in that set. And the cars would go up the dinosaur, and it'd spit out its mouth. At least I thought it was supposed to. I don't know if it ever did. But I really liked it when I was a kid. It was like two feet tall, which when you're like four foot tall is really big. And uh, I just really liked it. But... I quickly realized after that first Christmas day, when we went to bed uh, on, Janu- or on December twenty-fifth, when, when I went to bed that night, I realized I did not like it as much as I thought I had did, or I thought I did, because when it, the lights were on, it was great, it was fun, it was it was uh, something that I looked forward to enjoying. But when the lights got turned off, and all of a sudden I just saw this two-foot mass standing in my room, in the shape of a t- uh, T-Rex. It was a little bit concerning for my five-year-old mind. But isn't that how darkness is? Darkness, it, it, it is not the dark that people are necessarily afraid of, but it is the uncertainty that lies in it. You, a lot of times when someone's afraid of the dark, their mind will tell them all these unrealistic possibilities that could be, happen or result from being in the darkness. And spiritually, it's the same way. When you're coming out of sin and you've been saved and you're walking in the light of God's presence, things are good. I thought of uh, how Moses, when he was leading the children of Israel out, out of Egypt, they were led by night by a fire by a that would direct them where to go. And when we have that fire in our life, when we have that presence in our life, when we have that knowledge that God is with us and he's showing us exactly where to go, things are joyous, things are good, things are pleasant. Yes, in the desert there's a lot of things that could have hurt the Israelites at times because of their sin did. But when you know that you're that where you are is where you're supposed to be at, that when you know of a certainty that you're in the will of God, when you can visibly see God's hand working in your life, it is far less concerning and far easier to have faith in your circumstance than when it is dark. And when uh, when we're in this text in Isaiah 50 and verse 10, Isaiah asks the question, Who is among you that feareth the Lord? that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness. So he's talking to God's people. He's talking to people who are walking after God, people who are thirsting, as Pastor said earlier in this service, after God. But yet they find themselves in darkness. We say it's impossible. It can't be. But if you read Scripture, it is a common occurrence in the believer's life that they will, at one time or another, go through patches of darkness. I think of Daniel when he prayed and he fasted for three weeks, but he didn't hear a word from heaven until, the, I believe, the 22nd day. I think of Paul when he, was, when he knew certain that he was in the will of God, he was on the ship going to Rome, but they didn't. the captains of that ship did not listen to him, they loosed from Crete when they shouldn't have, and they didn't see stars or the sun for many days. They were in blackness, they were in a storm, because... And Paul found himself in that spot where he didn't hear from God. At least we don't know that he did until an angel talked to him. And yet, he was the whole time, the whole while in the perfect will of God, yet he was in the middle of darkness, and it wasn't even his fault. I think of other times when people are in darkness, maybe as we were following and praying for those missionaries in Haiti for two weeks, captives, and at their captors' mercies, And they, I'd imagine, had some very dark times. Maybe in our lives, this upcoming year, there's a lot of things that we don't know what will transpire, what will happen. We have to live with the fears of maybe who could be the next loved one that passes away. Who could be the next beloved church member who goes on to glory. Who could be the next one to suffer. What will the government do in 2022? What will happen? And all the while, we don't know, but we have to trust, even in the face of uncertainties, even in the face of of this darkness, and so th- the problem is, is when you're in darkness, you can't visibly see God, you can't visibly, n- visibly have like, what is the next step, You're almost as you're running that race that Paul told us about, yet you have a blindfold about your face, wondering when do I turn, when do I uh, turn to the right, when do I turn to the left, when should my next step be taken? And it can be tempting to try to figure stuff out on our own. But what we need to do is we need to wait. It is not that we move backwards. It is not that we uh, try to move forward on our own strength and our own knowledge. But we should not turn the right or the left. But we should sit and we should wait on God for his direction, for his light to uh, to bring wisdom to our situations. Because if we try to do things on our own... We will have, as, uh, the, as Isaiah said, that we shall have sorrow at the Lord's hand. We will be punished if we try to do that. If we try to lead ourselves by the sparks that we have kindled. You know, a spark, it's interesting that he calls the fire that, that the, these sinners, that these wicked people have kindled as sparks because a spark, yes, it gives illumination, but not much. Yes, it gives light, but it's gone in a moment. And when we try to do things in our own strength, and our own power, that's what happens. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a savings account. In fact, it's a great idea, but don't trust in it. It's great to maybe have a weapon or something to defend you and your family, but don't depend on it, that that's your protection. Uh, in Proverbs 21, 31, it says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. The psalmist says in Psalm 127, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. And let me tell you, if we try to do wise things in our own power and rely on those things and those things alone, we will find ourselves in sorrow. The stocks will go downhill. Something unforeseen will happen because we are not Trusting and leaning on the Lord. And in verse 10, it says that the solution is to stay upon your God. That word stay, it means to lean, to lie against, to relax on. Let me tell you, if you're trusting in your own things, you may have some trust and you may have a little bit of faith, but you won't really. There's always going to be some uncertainty there. There's always going to be some fear. But if you can truly stay upon your God, you can be relaxed. So what should we do? I think I've already answered that, but we should trust in God. As Christ, uh, as Christ gave us the example in the Gospels, when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't know what to do. He was in darkness. He had never been separated from God, the Father, but the son there was separated from the Father for moments uh, on the cross because of the sin that he had upon us that was our own. He was suffering. He was separated at that time. He had never before. Think about that. Someone who was eternal, someone who always was and forever will be, has always been in perfect communion with the Father, yet he was there, separated from this for the sins of the world that he was suffering in place of. And he, but he, he, here was his solution: My Father, into Thine hands commend I my spirit. That was his solution. That was what he was supposed to do. Even though he didn't know what to do, even though he had never experienced this before, he decided that the best thing and the right thing to do was to command his spirit into the hands of the Father. When we don't know what to do, when we're confused at the next step, when we don't know where we should go or who we should go to, let me tell you the answer is go to God and commend your situation. Commend the problems into his hands because God is trustworthy. Why is he trustworthy? There's so many reasons why God is trustworthy. I could go through them. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's, all, he's, he's eternal. He's always been, forever will be. He's immutable. He doesn't change. But I'd just like to focus on two two. Number one, he's good. You know, there's several reasons why God's good. Number one is from the, very spot, from, the, from the very beginning of the Bible, from the very beginning of God's word, when we meet God in creation for the first time, when he makes something, after he makes it, he looks upon it and he comments, it is good. Everything he made was good. And then when he goes on to create man, he sees Adam and he's alone. And he says, it is not good that man is alone. So what does he do when he sees that his creation, when he sees that his man is not in a good situation? He creates woman. And that's really good. I'm thankful that is a good thing when a man finds a wife. But not only this, but it is very possible that God's goodness is the very the culmination or the wholeness of God's character when Moses in Exodus 33 asked to see God's glory God responded to Moses by saying that he would make all his goodness pass before him. It is very possible that that is the definition. If you were to describe God in one word, you could say holy and you'd be right. You could say powerful, you'd be right. You could say big, you'd be right. Eternal, you'd be right. But if you want to sum them up the best way in one word, at least I would define God as being good. And the second reason you can trust God in the, midst of, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your darkness that you may be facing in this upcoming year, is that the fact that you are still here today. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing for this sermon about Daniel and the lion's den. And you know what? It doesn't really comment if, there was, if the den of lions was light or dark. But I mean, a wisdom would lead me to believe that that den was probably pretty dark because they had sealed it with a large stone. And obviously, Daniel knew that the the Lord had sent angels to shut those lions' mouths, but it doesn't say anything about the Lord providing maybe a torch or a light the entire night to see those lions. And so maybe, possibly, at least in in my mind, in my heart, I believe that that entire night, for the most part, Daniel was in pitch black darkness with a den of hungry lions. He knew that God was there. He knew that God had moved on his behalf. He knew he was safe. But the entire night, he had to spend with those lions. And, I, and I, I tell you what, I know that Daniel knew God was with him the entire night. Because he could just, if he had any doubts, if he was confused, if he was worried, all he had to do was just pat himself. All he had to do was realize that, hey, I'm still breathing. Hey, I'm still here. And let me tell you, because you are still here is proof that God loves you. That proof that God is good. Proof that God wants you to succeed. That he wants you to go another day. That he wants you to make heaven. Because he is good, we are still here this day. I think of the prophet Jeremiah. He went through so much. He was uh, a prophet who, uh, I believe, he prophesied during the reign of three or four kings of Judah. But it was not a good time. And he he had to watch as the nation of Judah was carried off into Babylon and him left behind. And in Lamentations 3, it starts off and it says, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. This is Jeremiah speaking. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. And Sister Jones, if, if you're ready, if you could get on the piano. I know I haven't been long. But Jeremiah, he goes on and he says, Surely against me as he turned, he turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He, made my, he hath broken my bones. He hath builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in darkness or in dark places, as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was turned unto me as a bear lying in wait, and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and t- pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. And he continues, and is complained, and his and his supplication, and his uh, travailing over his situation. But he didn't stop there. He says in verse 19, Remembering my infliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, all the things that are bad and wrong in his life. He continues, My soul hath them still in remembrance, and is humbled in me. And he says this, though, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Let me tell you, if you're here tonight, you're worried, and rightfully so. I'm 23 years old, and I have worries in my life. Like I said, worried maybe about the next person who might get sick, worried about the future of this nation, worried about the future of this church, worried about so many different things. You don't know what'll happen. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know that God's gonna be good. I know if I can count on anything, I can count on God being good. I know that no matter what happens, that God will direct me, that he'll use everything for the good of them that love him. And if you believe in that, and you act on that, you don't have to be worried, but you can be rested and resting on his promises that he will eventually come through and you will see light again. If we we could all stand. If we do this, we can say with Micah in in chapter 7, verse 8 of his book, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I don't know how, uh, if you're comfortable, if you are comfortable, you can come and pray. If not, maybe pray in your seat. But I invite you this tonight. If you have felt that worry, if you have felt that darkness around you, if you're not sure what to do and you're just almost as a blind man groping, looking for hope, looking for something to hold on to, let me tell you, you, probably already know this, but let me remind you again. Just go to God. Just trust in Him. Wait on Him. Don't rely on your own solution, your own uh, your own um, solution for the situation but trust in God and if you need to do that maybe refresh that commitment maybe we should we should just come around these altars and give the situations that we're facing to God again I can trust we at probably want to say thank you for joining us in worship today via online We wanna invite you to like our Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please, if you don't mind, share us across your social media platforms. Let me just say a quick prayer of blessing today, as we just conclude our time together in this video. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this avenue of worship that we have to utilize our online tools and furthering your gospel, furthering your kingdom. I pray that you would bless those who have tuned in today. Keep your hand on them. Minister to their hearts. Minister to their minds. And God, just do a work in their lives. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. Amen. I can trust.